0: back to the second hour of love babs love talk on babs rolls ivy uh i get to talk to christy stewart this morning from the centers for uh housing opportunity and the center for housing opportunity uh an initiative of the housing collective works to regionally support the equitable production preservation and protection of housing that is safe and affordable for people of all incomes, ages, and backgrounds. Utilizing a collaborative data-driven approach, the Center facilitates regional collective impact initiatives that strategically align resources and organizations from multiple sectors to advance, uh, to advance systems change in the housing space. And so they are partnering with a whole bunch of folks uh, to bring this exhibit, The Practice of Democracy, A View from Connecticut, um comes to New Haven today.
1: Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now tell me about this exhibit and what and what will we learn from it? Sure, we are so excited about this exhibit. Um and it is a long time in the making. So, this exhibit is the brainchild of an incredible designer named that, uh April De Simone who in 2016 created a, a national show called Undesign the Red Line. Um, and I was lucky enough to see that while it was in Washington, D.C. And I have been trying for years now since then to bring a version of it here. Um, April is a, a visionary uh, transdisciplinary designer and this show brings her sort of uh, love and deep understanding and connection to the built environment, so, you know, architecture and city planning and all of that, Um, it brings that into a conversation about um, what we see around us in our communities today and how we ended up um, where we are today with some of the social challenges that we face in various communities and neighborhoods. Um, And really an examination and exploration of the intentional policies and practices over hundreds of years that have delivered the the social conditions that we live with today in our neighborhoods. Um, So this show is a past to present um, sort of curation of the land use policies and community planning practices um, in the state of Connecticut. Um, It focuses specifically on New Haven. Um, also, Bridgeport and the city of Norwalk, um, and I hope everybody has a chance to go and see it. It's a really, um, it's a really fascinating way to think about um, the communities that we work and live in, and how maybe going forward we can do better in terms of planning those communities um, in a way that works for everyone. Um, and calling out some of the systemic racism that has been inherent in city planning, um, housing development, et cetera, for many, many decades. So
0: the idea of this exhibit is to show us what we've been doing and how we can do better.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's to show us what we've been doing, right? Because, and the, the genesis behind that idea is that, um, I spend a lot of time in the community talking to people about uh, our housing issues, and we recognize that part of what's playing into all of this is there isn't a a shared understanding of how our communities have been planned and built in terms of history. And to change how we do things, we have to learn how we've done them in the past. And so the idea is that we want folks to understand why um, some neighborhoods have been disinvested in um, why some neighborhoods continue to be challenged and to connect the dots between those challenges and intentional policies um, that created those challenges so that as we plan communities going forward we can do it better we can do it together um, and we can do it in a much more equitable way
0: Mm. and so so when you look at the landscape christy of cities and towns that are so Not on board with that kind of thinking, like a wood bridge and all those points. Do you invite them to see this and sort of help them frame this differently for themselves?
1: We do. We really... We really take seriously our um, commitment to what is sort of a trite thing, but to meet people where they are. And we recognize early on in the work that we've been doing for the last five or six years that people are in a different place in their um, understanding of the evolution of our communities um, and neighborhoods. And so, yes, we invite everyone, um, we've invited everyone, you know, probably a couple 1000 people to come and see this exhibit, we hope that more than that, come and see it. But we do think it's a starting place for a conversation. Um, We think it will, you know, help create a base level of understanding um, about uh, community development practices, um, and how they impact us for generations.
0: So when you first saw this exhibit by the uh, the the young architect, uh, multidiscipline architect that you talked about uh, a few minutes ago, um, did you were, did you have some awareness of these practices of how communities were redlined and how uh, racism and uh, uh, just had a whole and and legislated racism had a huge hand in in the makings of
1: the problems that we are trying to combat now. So I I did I had a, a very um, preliminary understanding of that in the way that you do when you read about things like that and for me and this may just be the way my brain works, to see this to, to have a whole visual experience that you walk through where you can actually see, yes, there's a redlining map and we've probably all seen those. but then to pull out of that photographs of neighborhoods, Thriving, vibrant communities, black communities that were completely um, wiped off the map to make way for highways. For example, that mm-hmm. kind of thing happened all across the country. And to see it, and to see the before and after photographs, and to connect dots, which this exhibit does, with personal stories of people who have lived in those spaces and how those those um, institutional and you know, policy decisions change generations of lives, um, to see it in front of you, for me, was much more powerful than to intellectually understand it, having read about it in a report.
0: Mm. And so, um, not just for the people that sort of live in these communities, but can you make inroads with architects around this subject? I mean, do yeah. they find this valuable? Are they still, like all the architects that you know, when they find out about this, what do you think? What
1: do they think? They're really, really excited. And we've been, um, architecture is not a world that I spend much time in. So I, I've been really um, energized by how, um, how excited the architects that I've talked to about this are um, and how thoughtful many of them would, you know how much more thoughtful many of them are about the community process, the community design process. Um, then perhaps they get credit for once their projects move through all of the sort of regulation and commissions and zoning and and planning work. But I think that um, this is a great tool to open up conversations with architects, city planners, housing developers, to to recognize that there is a different way to do this, just because we've always in the past maybe not centered community in our design doesn't mean that we need to do that going forward. And in fact, um, we hope this exhibit, you know is a is a space for thoughtful discussion and reflection about how to do better going forward.
0: And so um, I would imagine that you would want uh, municipal leadership to see these to see this exhibit as as, as, as municipal leadership and and housing authorities. Yes. Uh, To sort of see this as as you know, they've we've had this movement, particularly in New Haven, where housing authorities have um, um, taken old housing, public housing stock and reimagined them for mixed income, mixed use kinds of properties. Mm -hmm.
1: We're really excited um, about the response this has gotten among policymakers. Um, Elm City Communities in New Haven is sponsoring the New Haven exhibit. Um, and I, I think it's a great sign of how progressive that that group can be. Um, Karen has been a wonderful supporter of this work. The Connecticut Housing Finance Authority is is the presenting sponsor for this exhibit. Um, and I think those are all indicators of, you know, the change that we're seeing in terms of policymakers really rethinking, um, you know, traditional community planning. I like it. So, um,
0: so everyday ordinary people won't get lost in the language and in the understanding of this?
1: No, I really don't think so. And there's some, some features um, to, to really make sure that that doesn't happen. Things like we have the, um, we have a redlining map of New Haven that will be at the exhibit when it opens this evening. And we encourage everyone that goes through the exhibit to sit with that map and put a pin where they live now or where they've lived in the past. Um, and there are um, throughout the exhibit, there are sort of reflective questions. Um, you can scan a QR code and listen to stories um, that have been recorded, really making an effort to, to get folks to connect in whatever way makes sense given their histories and perspectives to the, to the subject matter. Mm. And so you said you came from you're looking at what, how many cities we're looking at three cities, we're looking at Connecticut in general, but we're looking at Bridgeport, New Haven and Norwalk. Um, And what I really like about this show is that we do that work we have a whole Connecticut timeline with those cities included. And then beneath it, you'll see a national timeline so that you can start to connect sort of the national trends of slum clearance, um, redlining, et cetera, disinvestment um, and and connect those dots to the history of Connecticut so that you can put our state and our cities in context um, with the larger country. So were we on par with the larger country
0: were we were we as equally racist as the rest of the country?
1: Oh my goodness, what a question um <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely
0: yes and 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 when you look at this, Christy, what do you think like what is your what do you imagine about all of this?
1: So my hope and I think what because i really I really have um annoyed a lot of people in the state to get this here. <laughs> I really wanted this to come. Um, and and well, I'm very It is
0: International Woman's Day. So happy Woman's right? Day. Thank Stand you. Stand in your power. <laughs> Persistent,
1: one way of describing it. Um, but I, I just, I think this is critical history, critical sort of information. Everyone who lives in any community needs to have about their community. Um, and I really hope also um, th- that young people who live in these cities and perhaps struggle with some of the you know issues that have been created by racist housing policy, racist community development policy, I I want them to understand w- that these were intentional choices that that were made. Um, and that there is no personal failing involved in being uh from a specific neighborhood or place um it's a it's a it's a big story right about privilege um about you know where you're born how housing impacts everything in your life um and i just think it's important that everybody raise that up and examine it and think about it um as as we sort of move through our day not you know we drive right through many many places in Connecticut Mm -hmm. um we're nine miles away right the the life expectancy has a 10-year differential um and that's not by accident and I think it's important that we talk about it um, and and educate everyone we can about it
0: I mean I I love the fact that that you can teach history through this this very defined uh, medium of just where you live, just by address. Um, I I think I I remember reading somewhere about your address dictates uh, the where you will end up in life in terms of prison or schools and all these kinds of things. Like it is that fine tuned mm-hmm. um, that and that there and that is almost insulting to sort of say pe- to to people pull yourself up out of. Oh, pull your, bo- pull yourself up by your booster. It's almost insulting. It, it is, insulting. is insulting.
1: And it's, it's, it's willfully ignorant. Um, and yes, there's incredible data by a, a researcher named Raj Chetty, where by zip code, you can start predicting lifetime earnings um, and other things. And it just access to opportunity matters. Um, and, and as a, as a, as a city as a state as a country we have to do better um, and and it's a, we need to make the choice to do better and we really hope that this exhibit gets people thinking about that and you might disagree with it um, but but at least maybe you're thinking about it um, mm.
0: and the s- disagreement would be what? because it's factual like it's not like you're making this up and it's you're not it's all and you're factual. imagining
1: that's, that's what I love about this is it is it is grounded in documents and history and policy that you can see and there are you know excerpts of that throughout the exhibit and you can read you know you can read you can read it you could see it in black and white um and if that's what it takes for some people to to sort of believe it then then that's, that's what we hope it does. So,
0: so is this exhibit uh, uh, or, or some similar exhibit is going around the country? Like are other cities and towns and states taking this on?
1: Yeah. So um, the practice of democracy, um, the first practice of democracy exhibit debuted on the high line in New York city this summer. Um, Connecticut is its second iteration um it just left bridgeport it is here in new haven um starting today through april 14th after that it will go to the city of norwalk um uh to to the community college there from april 24th to june 2nd but april de simone who created and designed and curates this the intent is to take it all over the country mm-hmm. um and, and again it's it's definitely the content is fabulous, but it's it's about starting the conversation um, in in various regions, um, cities, everywhere we can, about uh, a thoughtful examination of how we choose to develop our communities, um, and and you know what we can do better. It's a little bit hopeful for me I mean I I look at it and think this is an opportunity right we we need to change what we're doing we got to start somewhere
0: I like it so talk to me about the democracy piece because sure. that that's a very specific the practice of democracy yeah,
1: yeah. um and I'm a history buff so so I've, I'm i sort of very um excited by this piece of it, but the practice of democracy, the idea behind this is that um, we live in a country where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, where we talk about justice and equality. Um, And you can look at our um, Declaration of Independence, you can look at our constitution and and you can read those words, but different people experience democracy in different ways in our country. Um, and, And the exhibit starts with an excerpt uh, from the constitution. And then contrast that with photographs um, or drawings, because it's that early of, of slaves, slaveholders, um, and, and just really prods people to think about how you experience democracy. How have, has your family experienced democracy? Um, because it is not the same for everyone. We talk about it as Americans, but we don't all experience it the same way hmm
0: that's pretty pop this is a lot going on in this exhibit it
1: is I hope you go and go back and go back it's fascinating
0: I I think I would try to go tonight
1: because I I, I'm
0: glad that it's there long enough so that if I don't get there I'll get to I'll still get to go
1: and and the designer will be there this evening to to give a bit of a uh talk on it which is always fascinating so talk
0: to me about all the, the people who, who bought into this to bring this to fruition. Wow,
1: so exciting. So Connecticut Humanities um, is, you know, uh, one of the largest funders of this, which is fantastic. Um, Connecticut Housing Finance Authority um, is presenting sponsor, which is also um, really wonderful and I think says great things about uh, the leadership there. Um, The Community Foundation for Greater New Haven is sponsoring this, the Community Foundation, Fairfield County's Community Foundation is sponsoring this. Um, The community colleges in Norwalk, New Haven, and Bridgeport um, have been real partners in this work, um, as have our partners at Regional Plan Association. Um, uh, I mentioned Elm City Communities, Liberty Bank Foundation. Um, we we sort of spread spread the love far and wide to bring this <laughs> to bring this to uh, to the state, and are still in fact uh, just closing our funding gap uh, since this runs through uh, through into June. Mm. I
0: I mean I I love this idea, and so and the and to bring it to Gateway Community College says what.
1: Um, That was super intentional, we wanted to bring it to community college campuses, specifically because they're in the heart of communities um, that have been particularly impacted by some of the issues explored in this exhibit. And their, their student population um, can, can, you know, I think get a lot out of out of looking at this and thinking about right where they are, where they've come from, where they've lived. Um, and it just seemed like this this is an exhibit that wouldn't have been as powerful, I think, if it had been placed in, I don't know, pick a fancy art gallery or something. That's just not the <laughs> point, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when you look at the landscape now, Christy, um, you know, we're in the midst of this housing I hate the word crisis, but crises maybe that there's not enough affordable housing, but yet everywhere we turn, there's luxury housing being built. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And that that's that seems so intentional and in your face, kind of. Yes, we yes we we have the ability to make housing, just not for you, not
1: for you. This is what I this is what gets me out of bed every morning. This is what our organization focuses on, um, uh, in our state we are short 86,000 units of housing for extremely low income residents. And that's just untenable, right? And we're watching an increase in homelessness and we're watching an increase in housing instability. Um, and, and we need a, um, proportionate response, if you will. Um, a lot of the work that we do is to is to consider regions and try to more strategically align the very limited housing resources we have to um, to be deployed in, uh, prioritized based on need. So it is our um, hope that the state and the private partners who work in the affordable housing space take a look at some of the data that we've worked hard to produce so that they understand where the need is greatest and they attack that need first, Um, it is frustrating to watch um, units go up that are not um, affordable to those at the lowest income levels in our state, because that is not, the data shows very clearly, that is not where the gap is in housing in our state. Um, And so, yeah, we work every day to try to elevate that uh, idea and, and issue with a lot of partners across the state.
0: And so are people listening, like, what, what, <laughs> this, what is, what you know, Christy, what is required beyond listening? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think a, a couple of things I often say about this, right? This is a marathon, not a sprint. It took us decades and decades to get here. Public will is required and a shift in the way that we approach housing um, policy and practice, a fundamental shift, which is we need to flip it on its head And we need to make sure that the communities that need this housing are at the table, making, um, using their, you know, they're the experts on what works and doesn't work and and how this should should unfold. And we need to make sure that they're at policy decision-making tables. Um, We need to stop a top-down policy-making ivory tower approach to this work. Um, this is highly controversial. I know I will not um, not be making any friends uh, putting this out there on your radio show, but but um, we have to stop doing what we've been doing forever, which is, honestly, um, making decisions from the top down, the land use decisions that are made in our state at local commissions across 169 towns are largely made by white single family homeowners. Um, we have to start thinking about those things and and really flipping this on its head. Mm. So what would you say, Chrissy, to a town like like a,
0: a town like Woodbridge, who is vehemently fighting any kind yeah. of conversation around affordable housing, let alone trying to build some affordable housing?
1: I would say um it's it's time to look to the future, um, and you know we are not. This is not 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s America anymore. We have a massive population shift happening. Our demographics are happening. We're as a state, we are we are getting significantly older and less white. Um, we are not. Um, it it is not the 1960s, right? We don't all want to live in the suburbs. Um, and I think that towns that don't um, embrace change are going to struggle in the future. Um, I, I just don't think it's it's sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. A vibrant community and a vibrant economy requires um, a diversity of housing options, requires housing opportunity, um and thinking that you can hang on to single family zoning you know a, across what is it 92% of our state is you know good luck with that the times are changing people are changing the needs of our state and our population is changing and people need to change with it um, so do you do you have any hope in urban centers
0: sort of making urban centers attractive and affordable to all kinds of people now I say that tongue in cheek because we have has all this luxury housing going up as we speak.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's always a, you know, the, the, the risk of gentrification. And I think that there's some great work going on across the state um, to, to sort of look around the country and take best practices and do our best to mitigate some of that. Um, I think, you know, we need Leaders like Karen DuBois Walton at the helm of public housing authorities who are thinking about things like that, um, and I think uh, again, we we've got to just pause for a moment and and uh, stop with the business as usual, right? That that's not working for folks, and think about community land trusts and land banks and cooperative housing and and all the models from all over the world, um, that, that folks are trying some successfully, some not successfully to make sure that, um, people aren't being, you know, pushed out of their communities, um, as they're redeveloped.
0: Mm. So when you, when you look across the country, Christy, do you see any best practices uh, uh, to use your words best practices out there that you're like oh they get it or they got it or yeah. they're on the right track
1: yeah there's some really there's some really great work going on um and and while i do understand um deeply the differences in Connecticut from some of these places right there's incredible um zoning reform happening uh in the midwest um Detroit and I think it's Milwaukee have some pretty amazing, um, community land trust sort of grassroots work happening that it, where, where neighbors and communities are, um, able to access capital to, to buy land in their neighborhoods in a cooperative manner, um, to make sure, uh, that it doesn't, uh, turn over to, uh, speculative housing developers. Um, so there, there are grassroots programs like that happening. There's zoning reform happening. Um, I think we need to really look at, uh, the way that we, the country has defaulted to tax credits as our main means of, um, producing and financing housing. And I think, um, that's fine, but but they don't necessarily incent the development or um, make it easy to build at the zero to thirty percent area median income level. So the extremely low income housing that we need. So we have a lot of work to do. But you but you you get the sense that we we might have some of the right players at the table. I definitely do. We have amazing organizations like Desegregate CT that is um, really pushing zoning reform and has pushed this state. Uh, farther than I ever thought it could go. On that, in in a in a wonderful way, um, we have wonderful partners like Housing Development Fund out of Stanford, um, who is taking the lead on community land trusts. Um, there are you know really thoughtful, smart, innovative organizations all over the state uh, working on this, and and I think our biggest hurdle right now is public will. We have to. We have to make sure that the public will exists to um, to influence our
0: policymakers, and and that's simply just getting people to the table and to the spaces to to to, to raise their voices to, to raise awareness and yeah. their voices.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also um, you know I don't for a minute think we're ever going to change people's minds who are staunchly opposed to any of the things that we're talking about here today, but I do think there are. A lot of people who just don't think about housing affordability as an issue that impacts them, and so we, as advocates, need to do the work to um, connect the dots for people like that. Housing is is a huge has a huge um, influence on economy. If that's something that someone cares about, it has an incredible impact on healthcare. If that's someone something that someone cares about, education social mobility, employment. It's foundational. And so we have to do a better job of maybe not always saying, hey, the sky is falling, right? We have a housing crisis. And instead saying, you know, look at the opportunity that we have if we can invest in our, in housing, in our communities to, um, you know, to to elevate the whole state. Mm. Man, this is a good conversation.
0: I am excited for this exhibit. Uh, again, it's called, uh, I love the title of this, Practicing Democracy. Uh, it's an interactive exhibit exploring planning and democracy um, in New Haven and, 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 and in Connecticut specifically. Uh, but I want people to go. It is there. Tonight is the opening reception from five to seven, but it'll be there until uh, April 14th. Yes. At, at Gateway Community at gateway. College.
1: Yes. And then it'll move to Norwalk Community College.
0: And then it'll move to Norwalk Community College. So you've got, so there's opportunities for people to sort of see this exhibit. Yes. Practice uh, practice of Democracy, a view from Connecticut ex- from uh, Connecticut experience. So uh, thank you so much, Christy. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for
1: having me, Bounce. Happy
0: International Women's Day, too. Yes, to you as well. <laughs> Thank so you. maybe I'll get to see you in real life, uh, maybe this evening or that at some point.
1: Fantastic.
0: And Karen Jaboles Walton is is my best friend and I adore her. And uh she I did has, not know that. She has changed the uh, trajectory of, of how we see housing in this city and, I agree. and and has clearly shown us what is possible.
1: She's What's a fabulous possible. partner. You are lucky to have her.
0: Yes. So so thank you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Hopefully, I'll see you this evening.
0: Thank you, you too. Take care. Thank you. All right, Harry, play us out. We're out. Happy International Women's Day. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I think I have a guest tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, let me look. Let me take a quick look before we, before we jump off. Uh, no, I don't. So it's just me again. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Maybe I might have somebody. We'll see. Might be a surprise. We'll see. Have a good day. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Paul. Y'all be safe out there. Happy International Women's Day hmm <laughs>